I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Boys and girls, ghouls and goblins, welcome to the Holmes Movies Halloween special. <laughs> we shall be listing our top ten scary scenes from movies. Yes. 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 Good evening. Good evening. Remember, children, lists are bullshit. Including ours. Yes, including ours. This list is particularly scary. It might give you nightmares. It might mean that you never wake up. Yes. I do feel like if we carry on like this, people will probably <laughs> click off after two seconds. Yes. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Uh, Anders Holmes here, joined by Adam uh, over uh, Zoom in America. I'm in the land of Halloween. I'm in New England, land of witches and 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 maple syrup and um, ge genocide. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, here I am. It's raining. It's dark. It's spooky. And um, I, I want. I wish I was in. I, I wish I was in New England at the moment because, like, of all the the um, the trees changing colors is really beautiful and picturesque. Yes, it's nice. Yes, yeah, it's very nice. But we're not here to talk about trees. No, we're not. We are here to talk about our top 10 scary scenes from films. We're here to talk about evil, evil, evil. Turning into that old man in the pub saying, that thing is cursed. It's cursed, I tell you. Ah, that's a good scene. Yes. We had a very hard time trying to pick scary scenes because, yeah. And it's kind of personal as well. Like, it's like... So people are scared by different stuff. I also haven't... You are a horror movie nut, is fair to say. I am less of a horror movie nut. Um, you've seen more horror movies than I have. So there's a couple of scenes in this list that I haven't seen, but that's the same as when we did the dance sequences. You haven't seen the musicals. So that's fine. Um, this is a collective effort. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's hard. I think if we were doing this list on a different day, it would be different. It's just like, yeah, it's it, it was it's been very, very, very... Um, agonizing to put a top 10 together but it's a sort of sample of cinematic scares from across the world and across uh the history of of, of film yes exactly should and we get cracking yeah let's get cracking and uh we will also be um mentioning uh some people who commented on our tweets and and saying their favorite scary scenes so we will be getting to that as well yes, so and thank, so thank you to all those that have uh, contributed to uh, this episode. That's very kind of them. Thank you for getting in touch. Because I was a bit worried. Because I feel like these days, it's like, you know, everyone loves horror films. Everyone likes scary stuff. But I was a bit worried that no one was going to comment on this. I was just like, come on. 
What scares everyone, you? It's Twitter. Everyone has an opinion. Yeah, exactly. And everyone, if I can help these I, days, everyone I has an opinion. The scariest op- film is The Exorcist. <laughs> the scariest film of all time is The Exorcist. Well, one of them. Well, well one of them. It, I, I remember saw, being quite scared. I, I remember, I, yeah. I saw it the other day with uh, because I had to watch it for um, my film group, one of my film groups that, excuse me, that I'm a part of. So we had to watch it again. I watched it on um, HBO Max, which has just arrived into into uh, Denmark, and it was um, it was a longer version. It's the one that's called like the version you've never seen before, or like a director's cut, or something that. It, 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 what a crap name <laughs> the exorcist colon the version you've never seen before honest yeah it's just it's sort of it's it sort of extends like a few little things and uh stuff that is like yeah it's kind of cool it explains a little stuff it kind of you know if you've seen the theatrical version of the movie it, it's not really that needed in my opinion but it's kind of cool that it's there and it's not it doesn't completely like george lucas the whole uh, <laughs> his, his, exorcist. his greedo in there <laughs> Or just like Jar Jar Binks just being like, Misa gonna possess you. Or something uh, like that. That's, yeah, that fucking Jar Jar Binks. That's scary. Um, yeah. Right, look, um, let's do the top 10. People have got to go trick-or-treating and, um, yes. and, uh, and, and you know, and, 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 do, and, doing some, and doing some monster mashing. Monster mashing. And they should have some ideas about what to watch on Halloween. Yes. So at number 10 is... Not really a horror movie, but it does have some very sort of creepy moments, courtesy well, of Roald Dahl. Especially Ro- this moment. <laughs> courtesy of Roald Dahl, who wrote the screenplay and was yeah. actually produced by... Uh, I think it was produced by Broccoli and Zaltzman. It was, it a- was and, it's, and it was based on a... Um, yeah, it was written by Roald Dahl, and I think even possibly based on a book by Ian Fleming, or that, that, that might not be right. But people thinking, what what... What horror movie could they be talking about? What famous cinematic ghoulish masterpiece could Anderson Adam be referring to here? Well, we are simply referring to the insanely traumatic scene in the otherwise quite benign film Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The scene we are talking about is, of course... Come get your lollipops, children! Yes, the fucking child catcher who haunted my nightmares for the first decade of my life, it is fair to say, and has probably haunted them ever since, let's be honest. Yeah, it is a pretty... I don't remember that much of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's not very... But you remember this? <laughs> you remember this, you remember this sort of stuff? You remember all the, like, musical and all the sort of Dick Van Dyke stuff? But, like... You know, it's, it's a, it's a fucking not that much movie. I don't remember of that movie, it's, except it's, for this scene. It's basically as long as Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, it's It's extremely long. <laughs> it's a very, very long film. And they, they squeeze that theme song for all it's worth. But... The yeah, the scene where they're hiding out in this like sort of Bavarian-looking town, which is that's already kind of spooky because you know Nazis, yeah. and um, <laughs> and they have, and this guy driving what looks like a fucking hearse crossed with like a um, an ice cream van <laughs> comes like yeah. driving down the street and he's like, "Come out and get your lollipops," and he's so like. He's like he a little like... spider, like jumping around, and I think the right. guy, the actor who played him, was a ballet dancer. So he has, he brings that kind of movements to his little, like <laughs> all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he's so, he's so creepy, and it's like it's amazing because he actually does tempt them out of hiding. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, 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 it's it's so obvious that he's evil. It's like, guys, like do not ever, and and like when I when people said, you know. Um, what what was it? You know, don't take candy from strangers. Yeah, uh, don't yeah, talk exactly. to strangers. You know, all that stuff. Um, you you sort of you, you know when I was a kid, anyway. 
this was who I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember in schools when in um, I think I don't know they did this quite a lot when I was in school when I was when we were living in London they would have police officers coming around and showing like cartoons of people and being like you know don't talk don't listen to a guy saying oh I've lost my dog can you come and help me find him don't take candy from strangers or anything like that so that was their their way of being like don't trust anybody you don't know because they might try and you know snatch you like the child snatcher does in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang yeah and they'll take you to Gert Frobe um but look oh I mean, it is Gert Frobe I didn't know that yeah Gert Frobe is the evil king or whatever the fuck it is can um, we get our lollipops no children I expect you to die <laughs> yes yes um hi Dougie hey um the so yeah so so when 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 I would imagine when those policemen would come around and do those safety videos or whatever they did I would imagine um, Robert Heltman, who is um, uh, who is the child catcher, and of course, he, I just looked him up on uh, Letterbox, and he's in uh, the Red Shoes. He so, is. Oh. Yeah, he's in a ballet sequence there. So um, I had no idea, and probably good I didn't know that when watching the Red Shoes because I might have been triggered. But yeah, look, <laughs> scariness scariness happens when you're a kid, and yeah. there are scary scenes. Like I always got scared in the Beauty and the Beast um, of the wolves, and. Um, in the forest, I um, and uh, and yeah, in Cheesy City Bang Bang, that was like, that was one of those scenes where I would either fast forward or I would just sort of leave the room for a bit. I was like, nope, not having this. <laughs> <laughs> right, number nine. Yes, uh, number nine is the scene from the first Lord of the Rings movie, and it's just after they meet uh, Merry and Pippin. It's the shortcut to Mushrooms, which is the chapter of the book. Ice Krispie Bacon. And, and uh, we saved some for you, Mister Frodo. And uh, <laughs> get it's, off the road! Get off the road! And it's like him looking down, and it does this weird dolly zoom kind of thing. thing yeah, 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 it's a little kind of cool moment. And then they sort of duck behind like this mound of like on this like tiny hill. And then they see a horse showing up in the background. And then this one of the Nazgul is like, you know, crouching down and being all like, people know the scene we mean. We're talking about the Nazgul. But I, I already was scared before when they yeah. pull up to that house and they're like, Shire, it. and he's like, no packages here. <laughs> they're down in Hobbiton. Yeah. <laughs> they ride and they have that scream and i was sitting yeah. we were sitting in a cinema in new england watching this in 2001 and i was fucking cacking myself i was like i thought this was some like you know elves and witches movie and now these like wraiths are here to haunt my nightmares and so yeah, yeah and then you get the you get the bit with the tree but then suddenly there's like smash cut to there it's nighttime all of a sudden yeah and they're running and the fucking nazgul are everywhere and they have to get to the buckleberry ferry and yeah. it is so fucking tense I, I was my palms were so sweaty and that's i still get so tense watching that scene later on when they're at that place stonehenge Bree. no, no oh, uh, Bree. weather weather is pretty scary weather top Weathertop. Weathertop. <laughs> 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 Fucking Zoom. Um, when they're at weather, Weathertop. Um, wish that I was on old Weathertop. Uh, anyway. Um, when they're on Weathertop. Which song is that? Not scary. What? Rocky what? Top. Rock, Rocky Top. Rocky Top. Home Sweet Home. Yeah, by the Osborne. Uh, didn't, Dolly Part didn't Dolly Parton sing yes, that song at Glastonbury? <laughs> How did we get onto Dolly Parton? <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
So that's not as scary for some reason because Aragorn is there, but when they're just running in the woods, it is, they feel so vulnerable. Yeah. It, is, it is like, bleh. anyway. But that's like Peter Jackson channeling his horror roots in that yeah, scene. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's pretty scary. Anyway, look, the first so the first two films on this list have scarinesses that are not necessarily from horror films. So we move on to one that very much is a horror film. Yes. So at number eight is a film that was released in 2014. I think this movie was released at the Sundance Film Festival, where it had a pretty big positive uh, acclaim and buzz. And uh, William Friedkin, who directed films like The French Connection, Sorcerer, and The Exorcist, the big blockbuster movie of the night, one of the big blockbuster movies of the 1970s, he tweeted about this film and saying it was one of the scariest pieces of cinema that he's ever seen. And I think if someone who directed The Exorcist, which is also a pretty scary film, if he says that about your film, that's that means something in in like a very big positive way. And that's the Jennifer Kent film from Australia, uh, The Babadook, which, um, which is-, is so scary that I have never seen it because I'm too much of a coward. Yeah, but didn't you see the trailer in the cinema and then you and our friend Matt, you were like, we're not watching that. <laughs> yeah, we were just like, there's no, there's no fucking way we're going to sit in a darkened room and watch that. No. Yeah. So it was, I, it was Jennifer Kent's, first film as a director she did have a bit of she she worked with as a production assistant on Dogville the Lars von Trier film and she's also been an actor and and things like that so it is based uh I think it's based a little bit on a short uh film that she did in 2005 so this was her big directorial debut and the Babadook stars Essie Davis who plays a woman called Amelia who is a widow she has a son uh, called Samuel. Uh, the beginning of the film, on as she's driving towards the hospital with her husband Oscar, they have a car accident and he dies. So the film is already something to do with grief. And uh, Os- uh, Samuel, the son, has has a bit of a weird kid. He's he thinks he's an insomniac. He thinks there's some monster in his room. He starts building <laughs> weapons to defend himself. <laughs> and then they and then they get this pop up book called Mister Babadook. And it's about oh, a monster. <laughs> it's cool. And it's a, it's a, it's a, ta- it's a tall, uh, as it's described in Wikipedia, a tall, pale-faced humanoid in a top hat with taloned fingers, which torments its victims after they become aware of it. It's after they become aware of its existence. And oh, based- the Babadook, my friend. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about my thumb, dear boy? Intrigues <laughs> you, does it, boy? No, it's it's not the Hitcher. Um, <laughs> it's not the Hitcher. So. It basically starts off like the kid like literally is terrified by something his mother can't see. And at one point he's in a car like saying, no, no, leave me alone. And then she's like, why can't you just be normal? In like a really kind of like intense moment. And then she starts, you know, she she sometimes gets like the the the, 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 the sound that the Babadook does. It does this kind of like Babadook, Duk, Duk. It's, it's, it's really it's so terrifying. And so she starts seeing it. It like torments her. It's just like and then it it like it kind of possesses her at one point. Ah. And then and then at one point, the scene that is the scariest scene of the whole film. One of the scariest scenes of the whole film. I mean, film. yeah, because what you've described so far doesn't exactly sound like a walk in the park. So what the hell is the scariest so scene? It's just like... Bearing in mind, I, I am not in the mood to watch this film now. <laughs> so, like, Samuel is... Um, 
he basically gets wind of the fact like okay this is not my mother and then he sort of says you're, you're not my mother and then she just goes and in like the in the loudest way uh se davis just goes i am your mother and it's so terrifying like oh it just God. uses sound and just it has it just you like the way it uses sound is really good um mostly i feel like it's they do some sort of stuff in post-production and everything like that but it is just extremely terrifying but it's a very nice human story and the babadook is oh yeah it's lovely yeah yeah no no it's 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 sort of a representation of grief and things like that and i thought that was a really kind of it made the film feel much more than just a big like scary movie well my favorite thing about the babadook is that it was accidentally listed under lgbt films on netflix and then the babadook became a gay icon yeah that was weird i don't know how the fuck that happened <laughs> i just love that i love that it, the babadook became like a you know a thing for people to troll mike pence about uh, so. yeah i know it's quite i i do find that pretty good um but yeah jennifer kent she is a she she is a extremely uh talented uh filmmaker and i look forward to seeing what else she does she did a film called the nightingale which came out four years later have you heard of that film no that is a fucking brutal movie it's just it is a it, it's it's an intense film and i do i i commend her for having psychologists on set to console people Jesus when, Christ, when, if, like, if your film is so scary that you need to console the people that are actually making it. Ugh. Yeah, I know, but it's like she has like, a, she uses like a really cool, she cited filmmakers uh, David Lynch and Roman Polanski as influences on the film. And they did this really cool thing with the kid where they actually, they they made sure that they didn't like terrify the fuck out of the kid. So he didn't like <laughs> get tormented throughout the film. So all the like the horror stuff is done to one side so this kid you know he's not like he doesn't see all like the scary stuff and they didn't want to like ruin his life and things like that but no the fucking babadook is absolutely terrifying and this is a very strong film and um has a very kind of cool german expressionist style in some scenes thing is i I I definitely want to watch it but i'm I'm, I'm too scared um look um that, that sounds very scary so what's at number seven so at number seven is probably one of the greatest sort of scares in a movie and it got itself it was so well, it's famous. In the top fucking 10 according to us yeah and it, and it was so um iconic it got a name it's called the luton bus scare sorry i just hit my microphone and it's from the film cat not People. the bus so it's not the bus that goes to luton in east london it's no. the luton w l-e-w-t-o-n just Val, people Val, Val luton. <laughs> yeah <laughs> vladimir Ilyich ulianov Val. <laughs> Val Luton was the producer behind Cat People. Um, Cat People, which is the film we're talking about. And also I Walked With a Zombie and a bunch of other films. The film is directed by Jack Tourneur. It really should be called the Tourneur bus scare. But anyway, um, Jack Tourneur directs Cat People. Cat People is about a woman from Eastern Europe somewhere who it turns out is descended from a race of cat people who um, turn into... Cats, cats when they are sexually aroused, aroused. sexually yeah, aroused sexu- or like sexu- enraged or whatever yeah sexually aroused and enraged yeah 
she realizes that her husband is um, he is a psychiatrist i will do it yeah, well, um you should look close to home buddy uh <laughs> he is getting fond of another woman and so and of course they've never had sex because if they have sex she'll turn into a cat and eat him so um he's obviously a little bit frustrated and he doesn't mean anything by it but he's, he's spending more and more time with this other woman anyway this other woman goes uh, swimming didn't she yeah, yeah, she goes swimming. But there's also, there's like two scenes. There's there's one where she follows it's, her. It's, these aren't connected. The, the, the swimming scene comes a long way before, and then there's the bus scene. No, the bus scene comes first, then the pool oh. scene comes later. Okay, well, so the bus scene, the bus scene is yeah. the one that is the most scary because yeah. it's the classic thing that we can all relate to, which is that you're walking in a city, it's dark, and there's no one around except there is someone around. You could hear their footsteps. And you hear their footsteps until suddenly there are no footsteps. Yeah. Because she's turned into a cat! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't uh, see the cat because, 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 because. Um, it would be naff if they showed the cat. Because well, yeah, I mean, no it's... one had a good cat person costume. Um, but also it was like the early 1940s and I guess they wanted to differentiate from the Universal Monster movies because this was an RKO picture and I think they wanted to do something a little bit more psychological and keep everything in the shadows so your imagination does the work and I think that works very well Um, yeah I think it's just it's the scene where it's like you hear a growl and out of nowhere a bus just shows up right yeah because then you hear the growl like a panther that's going to pounce and you're like oh shit this woman's finished and then the bus pulls up and um and he's like get on board missy and it's that weird thing where you get scared it's a it's such a classic um piece of of um of like smoke and mirrors because you, you you get scared by the thing that's actually saving you I mean, not you, but you're sort of the person you're identifying with, the protagonist. It's saving the protagonist and you get scared by it. Um, it's a little bit similar to um, at the end of Get Out where the uh, police car shows up. Um, yeah, a little bit like that, yeah. But it's not a jump scare in that way. This is a jump scare. And, it is, and, and, and you know, yes, a uh, film from the 1940s, how scary can it be? Watch it. It is really it it's is pretty really good, good. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like jump scares are some of the things these days that are very that are used in a sort of cheap kind of way. I do feel yeah, like right. if you do, I think if you just like, there are some filmmakers like today. I think like James Wan, Ari Aster, and Jordan Peele, and you know, filmmakers like that who really kind of respect the genre in like a big kind of way. I feel like they really build up the tension, and then they then they sort of pay it off with a good jump scare and I think that's really good but if you're just having jump scare after jump scare and it's just the same kind of thing because I feel like in a lot of the conjuring films um they do have some of the similar jump scares where it's like someone looks to the left and then they look back again and then ah and it's just yeah. like yeah it's, it after, gets after, really a while, after a while that gets kind of tedious and boring and you just want to see something a little bit more sophisticated and I feel like I'm sort of veering away from sort of, main, sort of mainstream horror. I do like some mainstream horror if it's done well, but I, I am sort of veering towards more like the Get Out and Ari Aster and those kind of things. Get Out is so good. Us is fantastic. Ari yeah. Aster's films are wonderful. So um, in fact, he's up next. Yes. At number six is the scene. I can't actually, I haven't seen Hereditary in a very long time, mainly because I haven't really, you know, you know built up the courage to actually watch it again because watching it in the cinema was 
intense a, 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 a very intense experience just from like the the moment the movie starts i just felt like this feeling in my body where i was like oh this is going to be scary as fuck yes. and it was and it was a very terrifying you could you could do a top 10 scariest scenes ever just from hereditary i yeah. think yeah but also there it's are like so many, there are so many scenes there's a bit where someone catches fire there's a bit where where you're looking at a at a bedroom and there's someone in the corner and and, and, and then yeah, there's, there's um there is obviously there's the driving scene close to the beginning um where um well fuck it if we're gonna look we're gonna blow the spoiler horn here we're gonna there's we're gonna spoil hereditary yeah the, the son and there's a, there's a family of four the son is driving his sister home his sister has an allergy attack because she's accidentally eaten something with nuts in it and why they don't have an epipen in the car drove me crazy it's like if you've got a child with a nut allergy you should have epipens everywhere why is he having to drive her really fast to a hospital and he's high as fuck and he's ugh. anyway she tries to get her breath she sticks her head out the window he swerves to avoid something in the road telephone pole dead she gets decapitated and that's this is this, this now, is like this is about not the scene. A, this is not the scene we're talking it's not, about. It's not the scene we're talking about. This no. is an incredibly scary scene, but it's not the scene we're talking about. Later on in this film, and, oh, and the the sister has a thing where she um don't make that sound. <laughs> Just, don't do that. She makes that sound. She makes the clicky mouth sound, which I refuse to make. Um, Gonna do this for the entire episode. Now. No, you, 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 you will. You will not do that. Okay. Thing. All right. Okay. Um, and so she used to do that in real life. And then he's lying in bed one day, and he hears the sound. But <laughs> she's dead. So it's uh, like oh, or something. And then, um, he uh, at a different point, he's in bed and he looks up, and there she is. She's standing by the wall, except. All of a sudden, her head falls off, and it turns into yeah. a ball bouncing on the floor. And I was climbing the fucking walls at that point. I was—I watched it the other night with my neighbors, who were lovely, and I was just like, "Oh, good fucking grief!" That was just—I I mean, just just thinking about it makes me like palpitate. Anyway, if you palpitate, haven't seen like, it, <laughs> if you haven't um, seen Hereditary, we just spoiled it, but you should watch it anyway. Uh, and if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Did we have any correspondence this weekend? Uh, yes, we did. Um, we did get a little bit of that. Um, did you? You saw Midsummer as well, didn't you? Ari Aster's second film. Yeah, or, loved it. Loved yeah. Midsummer. Which one do you prefer, Hereditary or Midsummer or Midsummer? Or Ooh, I think I just about prefer Midsummer because it has more humor and it has something. I don't know if it has a bit more profundity. I don't know if it does. They're both very profound. I would be, I find it hard to pick between them. I think I just found Midsummer more enjoyable because it was more merciful. Um, yeah, than... but also I feel like Midsummer was very interesting. And I think it was a very intriguing film in a lot of ways. I mean, it is the Swedish Wicker Man, but it is a very engaging film about grief. And it, at the center of it, it is a, it is a breakup film in a lot of ways. Right. Well, and it's one just, thing, one thing and there's so neighbor. much substance to it as well. Like yeah. there's so much happening under the surface, but I also like the fact it's a horror film that's that's completely bright. Like most horror films are pretty dark and shadowy, but this one is completely like most of the horror happens during the day, which you never really see. And I quite like that. Although the first 15 minutes, a lot of that's at night and that's pretty fucking scary. That's pretty fucking scary. That was a pretty intense opening. And um, <laughs> just, I was like, that was, that was, that could be on this list. Anyway, the, my neighbor was saying, um, 
um, Nick, he was saying how um, Ariasta really seems to have a have it in for the beta male cuck um, because <laughs> both Gabriel Byrne's character and whatever the name of the boyfriend is in the Jack in Midsummer, yeah, they're both like such crap blokes. Anyway, yeah. Did anyone get in touch? Yes. Uh, so the first person who got in contact with us was someone called Nigel Jones at London Welsh 4. He said, hmm. scariest scene in the back of the car in Blue Velvet, just waiting for Frank Booth, played by Dennis Hopper, to lose it completely. Blue Velvet is not the scariest film, though it is very dark, but that scene terrified me. There's a lot of scenes involving uh, Dennis Hopper that are extremely terrifying, uh, one of which is when he actually shows up for the first time and Kyle MacLachlan's character is watching um, basically uh, this, this sexual assault by, of, of Isabella Rossellini's character of, by Dennis Hopper, who is just the, the, the scariest person in any film. And I remember watching Blue Velvet when I was like 15, and I remember just being completely like, this scene is pretty fucked up <laughs> and just completely out of nowhere and just changes the whole trajectory of the film, even though it is a very weird film and it is about a guy finding a severed ear in, in a field and trying to find out why there was a severed ear in the field. But it just it just turns into a completely different film when Dennis Hopper shows up. I haven't seen it, I must confess, but I, I've heard it's a performance to, uh, again, a very haunting one. Yeah. Who else? Uh, uh, Jacob, uh, I'm sorry if I pronounce your last name wrong. Uh, Flaz, F L A S Z, at Talk About Film. He also hosts, he's a creator and host of a podcast called Uncut Gems Podcast. And he said, uh, he tweeted, There are many, but this one just takes the cake for me. And it's a gif from John Carpenter's film Halloween, which is when, um, it's at, have you, you've seen Halloween, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's the scene just after he tries to break into the closet when she's in the corner and she like stabs him with a clothes hanger and she thinks that he's dead and she's like resting against the doorway and he just like rises in that creepy way that he does oh, and looks like it's <laughs> it's just that crazy. like wide Dean Cundy shot where you just see him out of focus in the background just rising up and it's just like ah and there's no music in the background that's it's really really terrifying. Uh, John Carpenter's Halloween just is one of the best horror films of all time and countless slasher films came in its wake friday the 13th the people who made friday the 13th admittedly just said we were just ripping off halloween but just setting it in new jersey at a campsite the interesting thing is like we we didn't put halloween on the list we actually also didn't put the exorcist on the list partly because the whole films are so scary yeah exactly. it's hard to pick out one scene like halloween keeps you at a certain pitch of terror all the way through um but that moment, I will agree with Jacob, is, who? yes, that is very scary. Well, um, uh, who else do we got? Uh, our, uh, he, uh, he commented on another, uh, uh, for, he also contributed to another episode of the, podca uh, of the podcast, Peter Albrechtson, he's back. Uh, at he's a cinematographer or whatever he was. He's a sound designer. Oh, God, sorry, Peter. Um, so he he got back to us with a few I'm favorites. Not in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> he got back to us with a few favorites. Uh, oh, he, brilliant! So he wrote the final scene from the Blair Witch Project. Haven't seen it. It's fucking terrifying. The Blair Witch Project is just low budget as hell. Like they made that movie for thirty thousand dollars, I think. Yeah, I heard movie, something about that on a, on a recent episode of the Dana Gould hour. They were talking about it. Yeah, and that movie that was like that movie made like millions of dollars, and it was a huge. It, it's still very effective, 
even though it is a film that came out in 1999 and there have been other films like it that have come out since but in yeah, paranormal it, activity and yeah like which is just pants um really? but i just yeah i need to I, I need to watch it again i just i wasn't a huge fan of it there was just like it's just like when you see all those like reactionary videos of like in the cinema of people going <gasps> like that and it's just like a door closing and opening what the fuck is that <laughs> but also with this found footage thing i'm a bit like is it like is it aesthetically pleasing enough to sustain me for 90 minutes to i i think the problem is is like you need interesting characters you don't have to like the characters you have to be interested in them when you're watching a horror film and paranormal activity doesn't have that but anyway on with peter's list so he wrote the final scene in the blair witch project which is really terrifying the last 15 minutes are just uh the leg hobbling scene in misery the rob reiner film with uh, james khan and kathy oh, bates yeah if, the book is worse like he actually gets his foot chopped off by an axe and they sort of... <laughs> the third film you mentioned was the lunch at winkies in david lynch's film the holland drive uh this is a really uh just a absolutely terrifying moment which just comes out of nowhere uh, i'm not going to spoil it in case someone actually hasn't seen the holland drive no that would be me it's it's fucking good. Um, oh, I'll, I'll make sure to try and watch that then. Uh, chestburster scene and Alien. Oh well, you see, I think the chestburster scene. Well, partly because you know what, Peter's right. That is really scary if you don't know it's coming. The problem is, I knew it was coming when I watched it. What I didn't know was coming was when Tom Skerritt goes to look for the creature or whatever, and it yeah. shows up behind him, and he gets munched. That <laughs> that is scary. But yeah, yeah. they're all scary, Peter. Uh, Alien is, is is Alien. We don't have Alien on our list. In fact, we don't have any of these on our list. But um, they could all be there. Yeah. Uh, so the other film you met, the other other film. We're not fin- we're not finished just yet. Uh, the shower scene, Psycho, Natch, uh, bathtub lady in uh, The Shining. Oh yeah, that is kind of scary. But I wonder again, is that the scariest scene in The Shining, or is it when he kills what's his name? Uh, Scatman Brothers. Catman Crothers, yeah. I yeah, I, I think that's like the most terrifying moment in the movie for me, just because it's just you don't know where the scene is going to go, and then it just like this naked, beautiful, naked woman just turns into like this old like corpse, and the laughing and the sound effects and the music, I think, kind of make the scene. Sound is like such a really big thing uh, with uh, with films. Uh, the crucifix. Oh, well, he, he, <laughs> he wrote it uh, as crucifix pleasure in The Exorcist. I think like right. any scene with Linda Blair when she's like doing all the possessed stuff and all the like special effects and all that kind of stuff is pretty terrifying. I think the 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 last exorcism scene when they with him, Father Marin, played by Max von Sydow and Jason Miller, who uh, was Jackie Gleason's son-in-law um, and is the father of Jason Patrick. Uh, played who plays Damien Karras when they go in and have they have that long like the whole power of Christ compels you that that scene that for me is just like a really great moment and um, yeah M- M- Mercedes McCambridge does the does the voice of the demon yeah. that possesses her and yeah that was that was pretty good and he also wrote Babadook Duke Duke he put the Babadook on his list as well oh good man well yes. Uh, at Cinema Recall, Cinema Recall, another podcast. Um, uh, even podcasts are like, God, this is a crowded field. Who listens to all this crap? Uh, this he 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 tweeted this moment from Audition always scares me. Have you ever heard of Audition? I know that I've not seen it, but she's she's sitting there looking scary, and then there's a bag or sack in the corner. It's like a, it's like a okay, so like the plot of the film is it's like a guy 
miss loses his wife she dies in hospital and then many years later a friend of his says like okay you need someone else so they put together like this audition of of wives that they're going to do like a project but they're trying to find like a wife or girlfriend for him hmm. and they meet this That's one girl who he's really sort of interested with and then he says oh we'll get in contact with you and she says oh i'll be waiting for your call i'll be looking forward to waiting for your call and when you see her again she's like hunched over on the floor and you like see like bits of her like her spine sticking out and the phone is ringing and then there's like a sack that's just sitting still in like in the other room and it's like right in front of her and then like she looks at the phone and then out of nowhere the fucking sack just moves and you're just yeah, like what the fuck clip. is going on <laughs> that's really that's really messed up yeah is she is she evil yeah it, the, the, the last like <laughs> 20 minutes the last like i would the first time i watched audition i actually put it on my um top 30 fil- horror films of the 1990s and the 2000s so everything from 1990 up until 2009 um it's just like the last like 20 minutes of the film is just just absolutely like spine tingling t- sp- just spine tingling just terrifying mm-hmm. and i was i had like a blanket i was like wrapped around a blanket because it was winter and the heating wasn't really working in my room at boarding school and um just like in that sort of moment the blanket was just slowly wrapping itself around me because it was just i couldn't watch what was (laughs) happening on the screen i was like this is fucking weird and it was like my first time watching like japanese horror after reading and hearing so much about it um and i was just a bit like yeah these guys are these guys know how to make their horror films yes and also like south korean horror films as well uh uh, park shang wook's film um first which is like this vampire film uh with uh, one of the actors from parasite who plays the dad uh also train to busan is another great one well we talked about that on a previous episode we did on the train episode i recently watched a film called horror express which takes place on a train and i wish oh, man. we should have had that in our top 10 <laughs> yeah i know i mean it's got peter cushing you've got christopher lee tell oh, us it a hammer movie uh no it wasn't a hammer horror film it was a spanish it was a spanish movie Spanner, no, yeah. <laughs> Espana. Um, uh, it was a it was a really good film, really worth checking out if you haven't if uh, you haven't seen I it. I actually I saw you rate it on uh, Letterbox, so I added it to my watch list. Um, I'll see you. Yeah. So uh, the last uh, tweet that we got is, "What are you watching?" Uh, podcast uh, at w a y w underscore podcast. They said always thought the opening scene of when a stranger calls was absolutely terrifying better than the rest of the movie too i'm guessing they're talking about the original uh when when a stranger calls the you know the one where it's like a babysitter is taking care of children and then she gets like a phone call and is like have you checked to the children no but that sounds scary <laughs> yeah it's like it's it's that film where it's like the calls are coming from inside the house oh right 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 yeah i haven't seen that either but sounds well he says it the film is crap. Maybe it's just watch the first 20 minutes and then turn yeah, it off. Yeah, true. Yeah. So yeah, those are the people that uh, got in contact with us. Thank you so much for, for that. That was, was very, very nice of you all. And thank you. A lot of great films that were mentioned. Yeah, and thanks to, thanks to Peter for being a, for contributing not just multiple times, but also contributing so many honourable mentions so we don't yeah. have to beat them. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, great, great work, Twitter. Um, all right, on with the list. Yes, on with the list. Do you, do you have any honourable mentions? Well, I mean, The Exorcist and Halloween, we should... I mean, I think the, the point is with this list is like, I think it's a bit of a, like, survey, you know? It's a bit of a, like, 
snapshot of like the kind of films we like in the genre the yeah. kind of you know the jokey stuff that we've done with chitty bang bang and lord of the rings which is not even a joke like it's like the, i was legitimately scared in both of those yeah films i you know um but one in that one of the ones that's in that category for me that's not a horror film but that did scare me probably because i watched it a bit too young is the home invasion flashback scene and murder in the fugitive um yeah yeah that bit's pretty which, terrifying which like really you know the whole when i came home there was a man in my house and then just the horrible murder of his it's it's done so chillingly and like yeah. it's still really haunting and 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 it's like and, and and just so like visceral and real feeling it's like and 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 you feel just so vulnerable on her behalf yeah. that's 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 i mean the fugitive is just such a good movie um you find one, this man you find this man <laughs> He had a, a prosthetic arm. Um, but, I fought this man. Yeah, you switched the samples, didn't you? Provasic. <laughs> Hi, Dougie. Yeah. Uh, look, the other one for me, also from the 90s, is uh, Signs of the Lambs. Um, it rubs um, the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You don't know what pain is. We're going um, to burn my dog. Yeah. Precious. Precious. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the oh, bit where he's... was she a great big fat person? Yeah. <laughs> when he first is um when he's telling her to put the lotion on her skin or else she gets the hose again. And he's Buffalo Bill, that is. Put the fucking lotion to the basket. Um she starts to she looks up at the walls of the well or whatever. Yeah, because there's like there's room. bloody handprints of all the people, all yeah. the women well, that Buffalo well, Bill has killed. Well, well, the, specifically the last one, and there's the fingernail, yeah, <laughs> stuck in the wall, and then you remember the body that they looked at earlier in the movie had was missing fingernails, and they said it looks like she tried tried to claw her way through something, and that moment oh, is yeah. just so like when you realize the sort of connection there, it's just ooh, that's 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 hard. Um, yeah. And then she starts like screaming out and he starts like mocking her as well. It reminds me a little bit of the scene in uh, Toby Hooper's uh, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre when Marilyn Burns' character Sally wakes up in like some makeshift chair that's made out of corpses and she starts screaming and then uh, Leatherface, his brother and the, the dad who, you know, they're all sitting and like mocking her and going like, Ooh! <laughs> all that sort of stuff it's such a like ah fucking ah that movie is such a disturbing disturbing so that could movie. be that's an honorable mention yeah look what your brother did to the door because he uses a chainsaw to break it down when he's chasing marilyn bones right um any other honorable mentions yeah there's a uh the um i really like the opening of scream Wes Craven's film I think like the first like oh, that whole opening sequence with Drew Barrymore was just like such a real like holy shit moment because you didn't expect it to go that way because D Drew Barrymore was out of the cast pretty big apart from Courtney Cox because of Friends but like you you kind of thought because they put her on the poster and she was all in like the uh, marketing and press junkets and thing like and things like that you thought that like, she was going to be the main character and then she wasn't and it's just like a it's real like psycho like, that where they kill off janet lee you know yeah they kill her off after like 30 minutes and it's just like okay anything's possible in this kind of film um 
I I I think this I think the last scene of the Wicker Man the is pretty frightening as well when the police officer is being dragged off to his you know fiery death and they're yeah. like doing that folksy song and they're singing it's that that film is very disturbing but it's a little bit silly but it's also you know a bit disturbing as well but uh there's also there's like a re- there's a really I, I really like gallo horror films i've been watching a lot of in, uh, italian films and um like dario genzo's great um suspiria the original suspiria oh like, yeah oh, that's the, oh, that's brilliant there's so many great moments in Suspiria. There's one particular moment in Deep Red, which is the movie that came out a couple of years before Suspiria, which is also pretty good, which is just like this moment where it's this guy is being menaced by someone in his house. And this, I think it's Goblin that does the music and they did the music for Suspiria as well. It's like, it's so, it's like a shot of him and it cuts back to like something across the room and it's like all these doors and everything like that. And you're expecting something to kind of pop out. And then out of nowhere, this like mechanical doll is like laughing and running towards him. And it's like, you know, holding, it's like stabbing a knife like that, like back and forth. And it's just like, you just don't expect that. It's just like, oh, fucking hell. That's just, that's how you build up suspense and pay it off. That's a good jump scare, in my opinion. Wonderful. Well, look, let's, um, let's, let's people need to go trick or treating. So why don't we move on? Yes. So at number five is what we what we call the bath tub resurrection in the french film les diaboliques yeah so uh, again spoilers um les diaboliques is about it's ostensibly about two women the wife and the lover of a headmaster at a boarding school who decide to kill him um because they're both being mistreated by him of course the wife is being cheated on the lover is being we assume abused in some way yes well turns so they 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 drown him in a bath right yes um it turns out hey uh, that they didn't actually drown him in the bath and that he's alive. And this is a plot by him and the lover because um, the wife, the, the the wife of this man has a bad heart. And um, so late in the film, she is, um, and she's been seeing things and hearing things and stuff and get, been getting progressively more and more creepy. And then late in the film, the wife discovers what she thinks is his corpse just lying in a bath full of water, except it starts to move and it gets out of the bath and it comes after her and she has a heart attack and she dies. Yeah. And so it turns out it's just a big plot to get rid of her. The whole thing, the whole concept of the movie is just flipped on its head, which is so scary in the moment. And you feel so betrayed on the on behalf of this woman, on behalf of this uh, this character who's who's much more the likable of the two women and also is the most wrong being the, the married, you know, the, the wife of this, this awful man. And the fact that the bad guy like gets away, it's one of those films where like the bad guy walks away at the end of the film, having gotten, you know, more or less what he wanted. Right. Yeah, that's true. Without spoiling too much. So, uh, you know, it's like, Ooh, I can't remember. Actually, isn't there something where maybe there's a kid who saw something and gets? Well, no, they they there's a police officer who catches him and the and the lover at the end, and then they get arrested, and then the school closes. Oh, that's what happened. So they don't quite get away with it, but it's yeah. still you know it's still terrible that the the woman dies. So yeah, it's, but and then the really eerie thing, the really sad thing about it is that that same actress died young of a heart attack. Vera Fuso. Yeah, that's yeah. So, so yeah. So it's just oh, like she was only forty six. Jesus, I know, I know. So it, it's it's a real shame. Um, but it it is a really brilliant film, and I um yeah, I urge y'all to um to watch it. Um, yeah, wasn't it partly written by those guys? Uh, 
uh, Pierre uh, Bjordelow and uh, Thomas Narsizak. Uh, Narsizak, yeah. yeah. Wallow and Narshizak, yeah. Yeah, the, the, they, 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 uh, the rights for the book were nearly picked up by Alfred Hitchcock and uh, Henry, uh, George, uh, Henry George Clouseau ended up directing it after he had finished uh, The Wages of Fear. But then Hitchcock actually bought the rights of another book and that ended up being um, uh, Vertigo, I think. That's, that's how it went. Yeah, that's right. And... Um... The other film that they had a big hand in writing was, uh, of course, Eyes Without a Face, which is another um, really, really fantastic film. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's number five. What's at number four? So at number four is a film I watched, another film I watched at boarding school. It is the Spanish horror film directed by uh, J.A. Uh, 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 who directed... Um, the Impossible, the uh, tsunami film with Ewan McGregor, Naomi Watts, and Tom Holland. And he also directed uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the second in the Jurassic World trilogy, which I actually thought was pretty good, um, mm. even though a lot of people really hated it. But I actually really liked it. And Ted Okay, Levine, okay, Anders, can I put you back on the rails now? What are you talking about? So, yeah, The Orphanage is from 2007. If you, you've never seen The Orphanage. No, I, I have not. No. Yeah, so it is uh, produced by uh, Guillermo del Toro, and uh, he is a fantastic director. And um, I watched one of his films last night called Crimson Peak, which is a haunted house film. Uh, so the film is, it's about a woman called uh, Laura, and she, um, she, uh, she has a son called Simon, and they, her and her husband, they live... In, they're planning to reopen the orphanage that she grew up in, and there's some. And then her son Simon disappears, and they're trying to find out like what happened to him, and they're trying to sort of figure out like what's going on. And then sort of things start happening in the house, and it's all sort of connected to what happened at the orphanage many years ago. And there's a scene in the film where they, they use the help of a medium. Always a bad idea in a horror film. Always a fucking bad yeah, idea. And it's just a like really like absolutely terrifying moment. And you hear, it's like, there's no blood. There's no gore. There's nothing like that. You, it's just like, you just follow this woman around the house and you just hear, they have all these like recordings already up. I'm terrified just speaking of the scene because it terrified the crap out of me. Uh, but when I was a kid, uh, when I was a teenager and you like hear all these children like crying and like saying like something's happening to them. And it's a really you like- You watched this in a boarding school? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Was it, was it the great setting for it and, and things like that? But no, it's it's an absolutely uh, terrifying uh a terrifying film and the and the medium is played by uh geraldine chaplin oh interesting yeah she also had a small role in uh, jurassic world uh fallen kingdom so yeah the orphanage absolutely terrifying film uh i i really feel like like there's a, there's something really interesting about the way the especially like the way like guillermo del toro uses especially with like the, like the devil's backbone and using like the history of spain and how that sort of influences uh, his work and just makes for like a really thematically strong film i think it's it's really 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 interesting uh, i recommend those two films as well the orphanage and the devil's backbone wonderful 
so at number three is another haunted house film which we watched it, uh together and that is jack clayton's film the innocence which we have actually talked about in the podcast many years ago that's right we've been doing this a long time uh the innocence is a really great film and uh, probably one of the best british horror films ever made um, it's it's in it's on uh martin scorsese's uh list of 11 scariest films and it's in our top 10 and it's right there at number three uh it's a ghost story deborah carr plays a governess and uh, a child keeper childminder nanny whatever you want to call it who goes out to the countryside to look after two really creepy orphans uh in their big dark house there are ghosts of course there are ghosts and one night she's walking around and it's the classic thing she's going down a corridor and there's the cinematography is so good and they yeah, film this, they the cinematography the is by freddie francis who also actually went off to direct uh some horror uh, some horror films as well one of the some of them with uh Peter Cushing and uh, Christopher Lee. A lot of them were done with Amicus, uh, one of which was Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, which is an anthology film, which is really good. Thank you. Um, yes. <laughs> Freddie's cinematography uh, is very good. And he gets the darks. The darks are so dark. And the whole thing, and so she's walking along, it's lit by candlelight, and all of a sudden, the person, someone walks across the corridor, and it's like, <laughs> fuck. And it's just like that, that scene, the whole, I mean, the scene of just someone walking through a dark house with a candle is <laughs> such a vulnerable light source. And then there being someone else is just, and there are a number of bits in this film that are really, really scary. But for me, that one's just like lodged in my brain. It's just like, but also like everything that's kind of happening in that scene anyway, there's sort of build up upon build up of scary stuff. You, sound, have the person, you, you talk you, about hearing disembodied sounds. That's another one. There's so many like, it's dark candle, haunted house, someone crossing a corridor really fast and you don't really see what it is. It's disembodied sound. It's got the whole package. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good film and it's really worth checking out. Uh, Co-written by uh, Truman Capote. No, is it? Yeah, we did talk about this on the podcast. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was adapted by William Archibald and uh, Truman Capote. It's based well, off the Henry James uh, story, The Turn of the Screw. That I knew. Uh, so when we talk about this film again in six years, you'll get to tell me that fact again, and I'll be all surprised. Truman Capote, he, he wrote that movie? Not that old. Um, <laughs> I say, uh, I say, okay. Uh, at number two is probably, uh, well, this is one of the moments in the movie Jaws, which always never fails to make me jump out of my seat. Always I'm, never fails. Jesus Christ, that is always, you never. <laughs> it never fails or it always makes you jump out of your seat. It doesn't always never fail. Okay. <laughs> I thought that I thought that made sense in my head. Okay. Well, it, it, a lot of things make sense in your head, Anders, that don't make sense in the real world. Okay, so there's okay. If I just re reverse, re re yeah. not re 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 okay, that's what you slept in. That's <laughs> damn, I'm good. Ace Ventura reference. If anyone got oh that, oh my god, Annie, yeah, you've had too much sugar or something. <laughs> Jaws, we're in okay, Jaws, Jaws, 1975. Okay, okay, there's a scene in Jaws. This is one of the scenes in Jaws. That Cage in the water, sharks in the water. water. It uh, never well fails. Furnished ladies. It never fails to make me jump out of my seat. I know it's coming, but it still makes me jump out of my seat as it did when I first watched it when I was a kid. And it's the uh, Ben Gardner boat scene where the head pops out of the hole at poor Richard Dreyfus. It's so scary. And you, when you know it's coming, every single time I jump. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter that, I know, that I've seen it. I went to see it on the big screen once and people screamed. I mean, it is 
so good it's such a good jump, jump scare and then you re- what's so great is that it starts out with this classic spielberg hangout scene like something straight out of howard hawks these guys are just getting drunk they're talking about the shark and um and then they're like let's go out on the boat and what like look for it or something with the radar um i can't do that yes you can and um and they find this other boat that looks like it's been all chewed up and dreyfus gets in the water with the scuba gear to go swim towards it now at that moment you're thinking like there's no shark because we haven't heard the music yeah exactly it feels safe but as soon as he's in these under the water and he sees this huge fucking tooth and which he then drops because of the head coming out and he (laughs) he drops um, his knife and the tooth right 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 and then the music starts and then you realize it's dark he's in the water vulnerable he doesn't have a knife or a tooth and to defend himself with and and the music is going and you're like you have to get out of the water you have to get out of the water right now and it's like it is so it is so so good and it's so funny because we you know i think it's easy to kind of take spielberg for granted and he's done a yeah. lot of not so great films but he is a master like when when you when you look at jaws in general and that scene specifically it's just there's no doubt that spielberg is just an incredible cinematic artist like he knows exactly how to be effective and it's because he's so steeped in stuff like hitchcock um that he can do it but he's just he you know he just knows exactly what he's doing and it's such a great yeah he does such a great piece of 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 scare that that bit yeah i mean it's just it's such a great moment but also like even looking at something like jewel as well which is kind of like a jaws companion piece because a lot of it has, they both have Hitchcockian elements to it. And even he was just able to create tension in just such really good ways. And like you said, I mean, music plays such a big thing in these in these films. They just, just the, that just fills you with dread straight away the moment you hear it. And you hear that music when you're in a bit of water, you might want to get out of the water. But yeah, it's just, it just. Well, the sharks it, don't play it when they're swimming around. I mean, that's not, they don't travel around with boom boxes playing that music. That's not how it works. Hey, I'm gonna go out there and scare the people. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, great article in the recent uh, New York Times magazine about sharks, by the way. Um, okay, what's at number one? At number one is we just wrote this as we couldn't really pick a particular scene, so we just wrote Venice bracket scary, and it's from Nick Rogue's film uh, Don't Look Now. Yeah, so. Um, talking about like wandering around cities late at night, looking over your shoulder, wondering what it could be. This is sort of an ultimate example of that. And it puts it in Venice and no one ever thought Venice was spooky before they watched this film. And uh, I'm really glad I didn't watch this film before I'd gone to Venice the first time, because when we, the first time we went to Venice, we were with our family and I wanted to go out and like find places where I could drink and smoke. Because you were a teenager. Because I was a teenager. And uh, and I was walking around late at night and uh, not paying it any mind. If I'd watched this film, I would have been a lot healthier on that trip because I would have stayed in the fucking hotel at night. Um, so yeah, you know, could have the, hung out with me. We could have read that uh, hip hop book I was uh, I brought along. What, why do you remember things like that? Anyway, <laughs> um, I've lost my thread. Anyway, the film is about a bereaved couple, one of whom is an academic, and they travel to um venice there's donald donald sutherland Sutherland and julie christie and um and they go to venice and um anyway late at night this and so the scene i'm describing is really several scenes because it keeps happening um but i want to sort of put them in i really think it's worth considering them as one and then you know like they're walking around venice or he's walking around venice and he sees 
a creature, something, an apparition that looks a lot like his dead daughter. And that's because it's wearing a, a red raincoat. Yeah, and red is a uh, symbol. Is It's used quite a lot. Like The color red is plastered quite a lot around the film. Yeah, and we know that there's a serial killer on the loose in Venice, um, but that the two are not necessarily connected until the very end of the film when Donald Sutherland follows the red Macintosh. A small person his, wearing a red coat. Through his doom. A, a small person, a little person wearing, which is probably like a little problematic now, let's be honest. But yeah, uh, it turns out it's not his daughter. He thinks it is. He's completely convinced it is. And we are too, because the film is trying to make us believe that this is the, the reincarnation of his daughter. It turns out it's just a rogue little person with a razor blade who kills him. And it is so... It's like a uh, cleaver hits him in the throat. Oh, it's a cleaver. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, it is so a scary um, and, um, and eerie. And it's like, it's, it's, again, it's that perfect marriage of building a creepy atmosphere in a creepy setting, using cinematography to actually do most of the heavy lifting and just atmospheric sound and good acting. And then the payoff is like brutal, gory and upsetting. It's, it is scary all the way home. Well, that was um, well, Nick Rogue, the director. This was his third film as a director. He was primarily a cinematographer before he hopped into uh, directing. And he was the oh. cinematographer on the first two films he directed, Performance with, um, I think it's with Mick Jagger, and Walkabout with, uh, yeah. with um, who was in Agatha. Jenny Agatha. I thought you said, hey, wait, hey, wait, hey, wait, with Jenny Agatha. Have you seen Walkabout? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a beautiful film. Really, really beautiful film. And just the the, the editing style and the cinematography is very similar to um, uh, to Dog Like Now. Uh, a lot of symbolism, uh, a lot of ambiguity. Uh, nothing is ever really clear. I don't think Nick Rogue is someone who really likes to, given that, I mean, I'm only speaking about these two films, he doesn't really spell things out for the audience. And I think he lets them kind of figure out what he's trying to say and... Um, those sort of things but it's just that sense of dread that don't look now has and it's just the way he captures the city and it's that old cool yeah. 70s grit like i just love 70s movies i mean 70s was a great time for horror it was just like yeah. a, a, just the look of a lot of those movies in that time is just it's just pretty cool like everything is shot on like wide uh you know wide lenses you know shots on it's things on it's, it's not so like fast paced with the cutting you know, some scenes are left to kind of breathe a little bit, but yeah, it's a, it's 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 a fantastic movie, and um, I think when it came out, they had it as like a double bill with this. Uh, Don't like now and The Wicker Man, they had like double bill screenings. Those two films, bloody hell. Anyway, that's a lot of scares. Yeah, no, I remember being just so terrified by Don't Look Now. So I think it's a worthy, I think it's a worthy number one. But people can disagree, but then that's fine because, uh, you know, as we always say, lists are bullshit. What is the, uh, so we just run we, through the- I, mean, I, I think we also watched Don't Look Now and The Innocents around the same time, I think, mm. or a little bit sort of in that sort of- We definitely we were... watched them both together, I remember. But anyway, yeah, I don't think people are interested about when we watch them. Um, what, like, why don't we run through the top 10 and then go out trick or treating? Yes. Uh, number 10, the child catcher scene from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, number nine, the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings. The, the I was about to say the Return of the King, the Fellowship, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Uh, the You're Not My Mother scene, the Babadook, Bus Stalking, Cat People, uh, Ghost Sister, Hereditary, Bath Resurrection, Lay Diabolique, The Medium, The Orphanage, Ghosts in the House, The Innocents, Head in Boat, Jaws, 
and Venice brackets. Scary, don't look now. So that's the list. That's all the films that uh, we have. Uh, we think are the scariest scenes, the top 10 scariest scenes of all, well, not of all time, but well, it is. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, our, it's our best. It's the best we could do on a rainy Saturday here. So, uh, you know, enjoy this podcast. Enjoy Halloween. Yeah. And, um, and we'll see you soon for another episode of Top 10. Um, how can people get in touch? Uh, they can send us an email to homesmoviespodcast at gmail.com. You can also, also, you can oh, also, oh. also, you can also follow us at homesmoviespod. You can also follow me. I'm Fabricius91. Adam on is on Twitter. This is on Twitter at Northampton Dane. That's Adam. You can also follow us, follow us, follow us, follow us. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell you could also follow us on instagram anders.h no that's you adam.h.f.homes and i'm anders f homes and uh yeah i think that's it right um and uh, do check out and follow the uh uh the people that uh who contributed to the episodes yes, and, and thank also do you, thank you for getting in like replying to yeah thank tweet. you so much and do check out their podcast uh, uh do check out the the podcasts that got in contact with us as well we'll be linking them in the uh, episode description and yeah. also when we tweet about it we'll you know all that sort of stuff let's let's be honest they're probably better than than this shit um but uh <laughs> most likely yes but anyway uh um, thank, thanks again guys and uh yeah uh happy halloween uh have a good one they did the monster bash that mount that mash it was a graveyard smash they did the mash they did the monster bash that mount that mash okay we can't do this episode wow in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abode To get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash They did the monster mash The zombies were having fun Party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds.